Ty's debut to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on, on Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown on Sports 1440. Hi there, it's Alan Mitchell. Today's show is tonight the night the expected Oilers. Remember the ones from the last spring? Is tonight the night the Oilers rhyme finally and peace roams throughout the land? Or is it once more to the woodshed? And what about these lines and pairings? What's up with that, Mr. or Mrs.? We're just hours away now from a very important game for the Edmonton Oilers. We're at sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, and Radio Player Canada. You can text or call 1-833-401-1440. And we're on Twitter at Low Tide and at Declan Kruger. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road, wolfgmcbuick.com. Our guest today, Bruce McCurdy from the Cult of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal. Corey Lavalette from The Athletic. We'll talk Carolina Hurricanes, and we'll have pro hockey rumors for you coming up at about 1240, I believe. I have a very interesting story. I'm going to quote you a story from the Calgary Herald in 1987, January, in a minute. But first, I want to say hi to my friend. Declan, how are you? I'm doing great, Al. How are you? Good. I've noticed that the last few days, maybe two weeks now, we haven't had any personal revelations about you on the show. No, we haven't. Mrs. Andrews, your mom looks like... uh, um, Rachel on Friends, mm-hmm, sure. uh, you are. You gave your parents no credit at all for raising you. Yep. Your sister's a genius, and so is your little brother. Yes, that all all accurate, okay. except the parents one. Also, my you parents did a lot. I love my spent, parents. Well, you back in track again. I know. Uh, you spent seven hundred and fifty dollars on a girlfriend's shoes. Yep. Yeah, you know, since then I've been playing things pretty close to the vest because those were all, I think, for the most part, negatives about me. And I was like, you know what? Uh, kind of painting myself in a bad light here. I'm going to take things back a little bit and you know, stay I, quiet. I'm just going to reframe that for you so that you understand we're not, we are laughing at you, but not yep. for that reason. We don't yep. think of you as a as a bad guy. We don't even think of you as a dummy or adult. We think of you as a young man. Okay. And young men, um, I'll just give you one from me. My wife's first Mother's Day, I golfed because I asked her and she said, fine, but I, I grew to know fine doesn't mean fine. Oh, come on. You should have known that. Well, you'd think. You should have known that. I, we'd had a baby together. Yes. You'd think I would have picked up what she was putting down before then. Nine holes or 18? Eight. Well, I think it was 36. Oh, my god. Stop for a steak. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. It was all my friend's fault, but hey, I'm not going to throw him under the bus. Oh, my goodness. Um, you're, anyways, better, so, you're better than me because he would have been under the bus so fast. Quicker than you could say Mother's Day if that was me. So... But I need to. I need to. I need to find something else we can chew on for a while. Okay. Or whittle. Do you, you ever need, whittle? I whittle a little, a little bit. Yeah. When I was a kid. My dad would whittle, and he'd think, and then he'd he'd come up with good ideas. So we need something to whittle on. We need something for you to tell us. So what would you like to reveal about yourself? You need me to be a punching bag. I yeah. don't know. This is the thing. I think I've done enough unprompted revelations about myself. So I think if something gets asked. I'll tell. I'll be honest. Okay. I believe in nothing but honesty, but I don't think I can volunteer any any more information that's going to alienate me from you and from the listeners. What's the... That uh, doesn't seem like a smart business decision. Did you do anything ever dumb in a pool? Uh, 
No, I mean, no, I hit my head when I was like nine because I miscounted my stroke. Oh. Yeah. And my coach told, like, he just berated me. He was like, how do you miscount your stroke? Which he was correct, but it was pretty dumb at the time. And I hit my head and I, it hurt. Did you bleed? Um, no, I didn't bleed. Bleeding in water is gross. Yeah. I have bled in water, actually. One time I cut my foot off the blocks and it started. It was just in a practice. But you I mean, cut like my running? foot. No, no, no. Like off the off the diving blocks. Oh, I see. I'm yeah, sorry. and I okay. cut my foot on that and went in. It was just a practice. We were just practicing starts. Did you ever? Did you ever get really close to the board when you were diving? Um, no. I mean, we didn't do any like diving off like the ten meter or the three meter or anything. Like occasionally, we would jump off it for fun at the end of practice. So did you show, ever show off for a girl on the diving board or in the pool? Um. Yeah, oh yeah, in the pool for sure, for sure. When I was like ten, eleven, twelve years old, and I had a crush on all the girls older than me, I would be putting everything <laughs> into those into those sprint sets. My goodness. <laughs> also, I I also I, I swam with a girl. She was she was in like a different group than I was. She was in a group a skill level below me, but we practiced at the same time, a couple lanes apart. Mm-hmm. And they would finish early, and when she got out, she would like stay there and wait for a ride or whatever. And I would just be going crazy in the pool trying to impress her. She's married now, actually. So you, you kept tabs. I well, you, she, we went to the same high school. As Come well. on, man, you, t- yeah. you kept tabs. I kept, I definitely yeah. kept tabs. Yeah, you know, and that's that's always like a little thing, and it's out there, you know, yeah. because you don't know their relationship, you don't know their life. Yeah, I, know. I mean, you know, you always just drive by, you know, see them at the farmers market. Um, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll I'll check I'll check out what's going on every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> You're gold. You just are. All right, on with the show. So. I've noticed something about Oilers fans. You've all turned on each other. There's just a there's a mad thing going on. Somebody will say, uh, you know, Jack Campbell played pretty well last night. And then blows will rain down on that person. What the hell are you talking about? The guy makes $5 million. He can't stop a puck in the NHL. He goes to the AHL where they got guys who can't skate. And now you're trumpeting him up. How stupid are you? There, there's so much of that. That's all I see. You can't make a point right now. Without 15 people coming back like they're grade four level. So I'm going to read you. I'm going to get you mad today. There is a a very fine writer named Alan Mackey, who uh, I think is in the Globe and Mail. And he was at the time at the Calgary Herald. And this was Sunday, January 11th, the day of a win by the Oilers over the Flames 5-3, two assists for Gretzky, two assists for Messier. This is 87. Now, in 86, remember the orders of the Steve Smith goal? And Calgary got through. Montreal had won the Cup. They were the reigning champions. The orders would win the Stanley Cup. The 86-87 team, for me, is the best team that ever played. For me. And he wrote this in the Calgary Herald. That Remember, Calgary had beaten Edmonton. Fluke goal. There was a time not so long ago when the Oilers ruled the NHL the way King Kong ruled New York. But when the Flames brought all of Oilerdom to its knees in last year's Smythe Division final, everything changed. When the Flames burned them, and burned them badly, the Oilers lost a little of everything. Their Stanley Cup hopes, their mystique, their invincibility, and much of their game plan. Now that's great writing. And he's writing to an audience, and the audience ate it up. My point is, somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way, you've turned on yourselves, Oilers fans, and I think you need an enemy. So Carolina is playing tonight in Carolina against the Oilers. That's the team that took the Stanley in Game 7 away from the Oilers. 
So if you can't build a rage about them, build it about Calgary or Vancouver or I don't I don't care, Colorado, Vegas. I think you need to to have more than just your fellow oiler fan to put the boots to every day. Because it's starting to feel the same and you're not getting anywhere and you're arguing in circles. Just my opinion. That's the Alan Mackey story. Ah, I'm so glad we have Bruce McCurdy on the show today. We have uh, Corey Lavalette from The Athletic uh, coming up in a few minutes and then McCurdy in the second hour. And I want to talk to you about the Oilers lineup. Now, don't go crazy, okay? Don't go overreacting on this. This is a new coach and he's trying everything. And one of the things he needs to solve is the third pair because they're bleeding. They're bleeding out. And uh, there's nothing, you know, the coach can do about it if he's going to run the same people, apparently. So he's changed it up. McDavid is playing with Dreisaitl and Fogel. McDavid list is the center. I imagine Dreisaitl will take the faceoffs. I think there's, I wrote about it in The Athletic today. It's not a complete downer hit piece, but it's just numbers that say McDavid is off the pace by quite a bit compared to his past. And the last four games have been encouraging. He scored four goals. That's encouraging. It's McDavid with Dreisaitl and Fogel on the top line. Nuge with Kane and Hyman, which is the right call. If you're going to run a second line, run the two best wingers there with Nuge. And the third line is McLeod with Yanmark and Ryan. That is a nasty third line and an okay fourth line. And the fourth line is Ernie, Gagne, Hamblin, Brown, uh, and uh, three guys who are supposed to actually, uh, you know, scrape the ice, but they skate well enough that maybe they'll be signed today. It's not a lot there. On the fourth. They're, they're moving Brown down the lineup. That's the big news there. But it really isn't even the big news. The big news is they're going to run three lines tonight. And what they'll probably do is have, I'm going to say, Hamblin and Brown dressed, and then Leon will run there, or somebody will run there as the center on a kind of a donut fourth line. The pairings are fascinating. Nurse with Kulak. Nurse with Kulak? What? Ekholm with Bouchard, and then Broberg, DeHarnay, and CeCe rotating on the bottom pair. That comes from Tony Brar from Oilers TV. So there you go. Cody CeCe has, I think he's probably been the best defenseman on the team this year. They're moving him down to the third pair. Why are they doing that? Well, I think the third pair is going to play more. I think it's likely going to be Broberg and CeCe. And maybe they only dress six defensemen. And we may be seeing the start of something. If you're going to move CeCe down, he's your best defenseman, you're probably going to have him protect Broberg. That's my, my, that's my thought. The other thing you might be doing, and this is a long shot, ladies and germs, you might be showcasing Brett Kulak to make a trade. You might be doing that. It is possible to do that. Kulak's a really good defenseman. He skates like the wind. And he's a fantastic third-pairing guy, and he's not making so much that you could not trade him if you needed to. Now, that's my opinion. Fortunately, fortunately, we have Bruce McCurdy coming up at 1 o'clock, and he'll tell us more. By the way, the lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. We love them. You want to say hi to Doug? Say hello to Mary as well. Good people. This is a fascinating team right now because I'll, I'll tell you, this is like I'm, I, I always try to bring in some kind of past event that I can ramble on about that you've never heard of so I can lie and you can't fact check in real time. And by the time you think of it, even if you text me, I don't listen to you. This is my life. 
So I, it, it's, it's like, um, have you ever seen uh, um, Typing Fellow? Have you ever seen the movie The Search or Hunt for Red October? Oh, yes. I love that movie. Do you remember the tumultuous scene where the guy looks at the other guy and says, you blanking idiot, you yes. killed us? Yes. Well, that's what the, the, the scenario is, is, is sort of created for Ken Holland right ah, now. Ah, an apt comparison. Right. But here's the thing. It's not, I don't think it's Ken Holland's team anymore. There's a new coach, and I think Jeff Jackson's making the call. This is the the guys trying to 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 change the trajectory of the the torpedo are not the guys who sent the torpedo out of the chute. What's the chute called in a submarine? Oh, I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Letting me down again. Yeah, sorry. Letting me you not and me nautical. and Mrs. Andrews nah, have to not have a nautical guy. I have talk. no shame. It's not the chute. It's the thing. Cannon? I don't know what the hell it is. Anyway. I was going to say vessel, but that doesn't, that's just, I think, just, no, you're just you're, nautical word. You're sending us in a yeah. different direction that yeah, makes yeah, no yeah. sense at all. But look at the two of us. What an education system. Um, anyway, so th- this is the problem. You're trying to save a season that is really in peril. And that's why I think, and I'm just going to say it now, I think we are going to see a trade. I think it's going to be a significant trade. I think it's going to blow the lid off canned dog food, and I think there is going to be a lot of hurt for Oilers fans. Somebody you like is going. Somebody you like is going. Let me repeat it. Somebody you like is going. So with that in mind, let's go relook at the starting lineup and see who is playing in a position that might be a feature position. I mentioned Brad Kulak up to the top pairing. Wait a minute. What's Warren Fogle doing on the top line with Connor McDavid and Leon Dry? Didn't didn't the coach say, Mister Knobloch said the other day he'd, he'd like McLeod and Fogle to to get some chemistry, and now the kid, did you did you have chem class when you were a kid? Did stuff blow up? Nothing ever blew up. No. Did, did the teacher send everybody out of the room? No, right. no. Our chem class wasn't a fun science experiment. It was just we were just we learning. did weird stuff in yeah. us. Did you ever? Uh, 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 cut a frog up? No, I never took bio. Never took mm. bio. I took chem and physics. That instead. was good because everybody fainted. I mean, yeah. I guess they did. I had long fainted, so I didn't know. But um, that's what they told me that everybody had. Yeah, you weren't there for it. You just heard the rumors. <laughs> anyway, this is going to be an interesting game and an interesting week or so because I, th- I mean, I wrote about it today. I think Connor McDavid is recovering. He's got four goals in the last four games. Seems to have a little more pep in his step. And the shots are a little better. He's got something wrong. Nobody's saying a damn thing. That's okay. That's okay because we know the numbers. I wrote the numbers in the athletic article, and they're right there. You can read them. He's off the pace by a bunch, and he is it, man. He is like he's like Everest for other teams. When you don't have to game plan against Connor McDavid, you do a little dance. You're you do a happy dance. I don't know, Brindamore. I can never accuse Brindamore of doing a happy dance because he would just if he found out, he'd come over here and club me to death. So I'm sure he does something that would resemble a manly dance when he finds out that McDavid isn't 100%. And the fact that Dreisaitl's there, and the, I don't know if they're showcasing Fogel, but that's an interesting call. I do like Kane with Hyman and Nuge as a second line, though. That Those top two lines, they're going to play the living hell out of those lines tonight. they got to win. This is what it tells you. Stuart Skinner has to come up with a really big game. And, you know, Carolina has had injury after injury, and they're still doing pretty damn good. They're an amazing franchise. They have done it. They do not have the Connor McDavid, and they do not have the Leon Dreisaitl. 
Sometimes, if you're really smart, you turn that negative into a positive, and we might see that tonight. Corey Lavalette from The Athletic will join us. We'll talk Carolina Hurricanes next. This is The Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's The Lowdown on Sports 1440. Alan Mitchell, Declan Kruger hanging out until 2 o'clock today. We're brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick, and we're delighted that you're joining us now. Joined now by Corey Lavalette from The Athletic talking Carolina Hurricanes. First of all, you you mentioned my one of my favorite all-time baseball players, Ken Singleton, in an article. Loved him as a Montreal Expo, and I even tolerated him as a Baltimore Oriole. Uh, but this was around the Superstitions article, so thanks for mentioning Ken Singleton. And did you ever find out what Pesci does? I, I have not found out, and I'm going to keep digging, but they, they've got it locked up pretty tight. I don't know. Um, it was kind of funny because he was sitting there pondering who had the weirdest superstition, and then Jacob Slavin just kind of blurted out, it's you. And then uh, everybody clammed up. I thought maybe I could get it out of Brady Shea. Those two are pretty close, obviously. They they play together, and when I mentioned Shea, he was thinking about it. And when I said, well, you know, everyone keeps mentioning Pesci, and he's like, yeah, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> it's, you know, and here's the problem, because I know, I suspect I know how this is going to turn out. You are going to find out, and then I don't know if you're going to be able to print it. I, you know, I found out one, and I'm not able. I, I couldn't put that one out, and it was a good one too. But uh, it wasn't the Pesci one though, and I'm I'm dying to know. But uh, yeah, I, I imagine that's what's going to happen. It's because they're hockey players. You know, it's something awful because they're not mentioning it, and for them to notice that it's awful has got to be a bad one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Well, uh, you know, Aho told me. I think I mentioned this in the article. Aho told me it's really not that bad, but. Um, but yeah, nobody's opening their mouth on that one, so I, I can't imagine what it is. <laughs> so, uh, I, and you know, the Carolina Hurricanes are a team that I follow because uh, I, uh, Eric Tulski is fascinating to me, and the entire way management has gone about um, uh, putting together a team that that is sort of opposite the orders because there's no McDavid or Drysital, but they're really, really good one through twenty three, and they can overcome damn near anything, including injuries. Th- this team, I, I know there's frustration. I know that that you. Uh, as recently as five days ago, wrote an article called It's Got to Stop, What's Going On with the Hurricanes Up and Down Start. But from afar, they really do look like a team that can overcome damn near anything. Yeah, you know, it's it's been a, it was a weird start to the season. And I think, you know, the ship is maybe writing. Um, but you're right. I mean, it, there's not a... There's, there's not an irreplaceable player. Um, obviously, you know, Jacob Slavin, Sebastian Ajo... You know, those guys uh, just make a huge difference every night in doing small things that maybe most fans don't notice. Uh, but we saw it last year. You know, they lost Andre Svechnikov. They still made a run to the to the Eastern Conference Final. And would he have helped there? Probably, especially given the, the goal-scoring struggles they had against uh, Sergei Bobrovsky. But the fact that they could move on without, you know, one of their most talented players just to, it really illustrates what you're talking about. It's whenever I, I every once in a while I'll just go look at the the scoring leaders and I I'm always surprised because you know the the leading scorer on the Hurricanes is often somebody who is really good and and well respected uh, you know Sebastian Ajo as an example really good player but the numbers the counting numbers the big box cars are are almost never there but but the the numbers of goal scorers who've gotten like five or more or four or more early in this season. It's a pretty balanced group. 
Yeah, and you know, I, one thing that I think does get discounted a bit that you know I think people don't notice is Sebastian Ajo scores buckets of goals. Like, I mean, he scores 35 goals a year pretty much, and nobody really notices because he does it kind of quietly. Uh, but you're right. I mean, you look up and down the lineup, and you've got Martin Natchez and Seth Jarvis, and yes, Barry Kokiniemi's getting going. Tavo Teravainen somehow has nine goals, certainly not his M.O. usually, but uh, he's been scoring this year. Um, it, really, the only place that they haven't gotten goals from is that Jordan Stahl line with with Jordan Martinuk and Jesper Fast. And if you if you look at you know underlying numbers, those are the three best players in the league at five on five, and they they play together. Uh, but they can't put the puck in the net. <laughs> they dominate possession, but uh, they have not been able to score this year. I think I think just two five on five goals, or actually I think just two goals in in total for the three of them. Uh, but they dominate play, and it's it's about wearing the other team down and letting those other guys do the damage. But if they can get a goal here and there from that line too, then I think things are really gonna really gonna start rounding into form. Corey Lavalette, our guest from the Athletic on Sports fourteen forty in the lowdown with Low Tide. The Oilers have a little version of this. Their top four defensemen have goal shares that are that are much better than than the third pairing this year. But in Carolina, it's it's very drastic because you've got. Four guys over 60% goal share at five-on-five five in Burns, Pesci, Slavin, and Shea. And then Dmitry Orlov, Chatfield, and D'Angelo are in the 20s and 30s. That third pairing does seem to be an issue. Um, is there any way to, to, to tweak it, or is this with regard to the Pesci being out? How, how has that come to be, and what are they doing to try to fix it? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think the big issue has been that, and, and you know, we saw this last game against Pittsburgh, is Tony D'Angelo and, and Dmitry Orlov just don't work off of each other well, and they, they really struggle playing together for whatever reason. Uh, you know, we talked to Rod Brindamore about it for a couple days in a row now. Uh, after the first period the other night against the Penguins, Rod broke everything up. He, he left Slavin and Burns together, but uh, he took Brady Shea, put him with Tony D'Angelo. Uh, they played together with the Rangers a bit, and obviously in, in Tony's first go around here, they didn't play together a lot, but they're familiar with each other. And then put Orlock with Pesci, and everything kind of cleaned up. And we kind of thought, well, maybe that's what they're going to do when they got into a, you know, for lack of a better term, a, term, a critical situation. They put Pesci and Shea back together for defensive zone draws and things like that. Everything worked out fine. Um, tonight, it's D'Angelo is going to sit. And Jalen Chatfield's going to come in and play with Orloff. And, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, it's mostly Ben D'Angelo and Orloff, and it, it hasn't worked great for whatever reason. They're both, uh, they both have strengths to their game, but for whatever reason, mixed together, they've really, really struggled. I noticed that, uh, you know, and I'm always looking because this is a time of year where you don't see trades, but the Oilers have to do something. They are moving Kulak up to the top pair and Warren Fogle up to the top wing. And my first thought was, because I had read uh, before the, the Ethan Bear-Warren Fogel trade that uh, Brindamore really liked Fogel. Now, I'm not suggesting he's being showcased, and I'm not suggesting he's being traded. But my question to you in regard to the Hurricanes is, if they are looking for someone, is it a defenseman? You know, I, I heard that they were in on uh, on Addison before he got traded to the to the or to the Sharks from the Wild, um, but I, you know I don't know that they're necessarily looking for a defenseman. You know they spent a lot of time this off season wondering if they could, you know, move out a defenseman just because they signed Orloff and you've got four guys right now who are on uh, expiring deals. You know Pesci, Shea, Chatfield, uh, and then D'Angelo also. Um, but given how the season started and everything, 
and then Pesci getting hurt and all that. I think they're, um, you know, they're pretty content with, with, I, I don't know that they're going to actively go out and try to add a defenseman because uh, they love Jalen Chatfield. They love what he can do. Uh, part of the thinking behind potentially trading Brett Pesci this offseason was the team felt like Jalen Chatfield could step up and play in the top four. So uh, tonight will be a good, uh, a good litmus test, I think. Do you feel – I'm going to ask this question because if I don't, the, the text line is going to go crazy on me. Do, do you feel – Brendan Moore said when Yaroslav Halak was released from his PTO, it was kind of mutual and the player, you know, they're, you know, he's at a point in his career where he has to make some decisions in regard to family and all of those things. Um, Oiler fans really want Halak to sign here, but um, I, I'm thinking that if Carolina isn't ideal for him and maybe he'd have to go to the minors or whatever – uh, for conditioning or whatever the case may be, probably Edmonton not either. Did you get a feeling that Halak is is at the end here, or is he maybe still going to look for an NHL job? Yeah, you know, it was kind of a weird situation. You know, it, you don't see PTOs drag out that long. You know, I asked around. I was just like, so how does this work exactly? Because he doesn't get paid, and he gets like a per diem, and he gets a hotel, and um, that's certainly not enough to live on, but I, you know, I don't think he's strapped for cash or anything. Um so it's kind of interesting. I think he, from what I understand from what Pierre Lebrun reported uh, last night is he wasn't thrilled with the idea of a conditioning stint. And I, I would think any NHL team would say, you know, you need to go see live action before we put you, uh, you know, in the net facing NHL players. But uh, a really curious kind of situation. And, um, you know, the Hurricanes weren't desperate for it because they have Pyotr Kachekov. They've got Antiranta. Um, but, you know, they still need – someone somewhere to be a number three with Frederick Anderson out. And then uh, Yanov Peretz is, is in his first pro season and is playing the ECHL, hardly a guy you want to call up. So uh, I'll be curious to see what, you know, what happens with Halak. Maybe there's a team that's willing to give him a deal and say, come on and, you know, take a few practices and we'll throw you in one night. Real quick one. I, I, I saw Stefan Neeson bounce around. I don't know if he was with three or four, maybe more teams before he got to Carolina. He does seem to have found a home there. Yeah, I have a theory. Tell me if you think this is right. Okay. Peter Carmanos, uh, you know, the previous owner of the Hurricanes, used to own the Plymouth Whalers. And the Hurricanes have to, in some contractual, you know, <laughs> thing, have, have a Plymouth Whaler on their team. They had Alex Nedeljkovic. He left. They brought <laughs> Stephen Mason in, and it worked. So that's my theory. I like it. Yeah, so he, yeah he says uh, – he says it's a perfect fit for him. The style of play is really direct, straightforward. Uh, it really suits him well. He actually, when he played a little bit up on the top line with, with Sebastian Ajo last year, he actually said, I don't, I don't like this as much because it's a little more freewheeling. You know, Ajo's given a little more, uh, a little more slack on the leash to, to do creative things. And he prefers just let's chip the puck in, let's go get it, and let's cycle, and let's see if we can find a hole and create a goal. So, uh, he's great. Uh, he's one of the underrated net front guys in the league. I think you watch him in practice. He tips pucks with his with his butt end just to practice. Wow. You know, if you can tip it with your butt end, you can tip it with your blade. Uh, so that's something to, to watch. And, you know, very good uh, passing from behind the net. A couple things to watch tonight because he's a, he's a, he's a crafty player. Definitely a, kind of a journeyman who's found a, found a good fit in Carolina. You uh, final question for you, Corey Lavalette from the Athletic, and and I, I'm only doing this because I noticed him in his draft year, and I was trumpeting his name as loud as I could. Uh, 
he, he went 62nd overall, but Felix Unger, Unger Sorum, uh, you, the, the, all the athletic writers were asked about the uh, fastest rising prospect in the pipeline. And, and the reason I noticed him was his numbers. His boxcar numbers were really strong. Uh, you've got him, you know, as the as the guy in Carolina. What do you like about him, and and what kind of player do you think he'll be when he gets there? You know, what surprised me about him is I think he was the youngest guy in any NHL training camp this year. Uh, he was the you know youngest guy in the draft. He comes in and he's the best the best prospect out of everybody. I mean, even guys who had two or three years of AHL experience, he played better than them. In practice, he played better than them in the preseason. Just, uh, you know, everyone tells me with the team, just a super smart player, not scared. I mean, he's he obviously has to put some weight on. He's There's really nothing to him. He's an 18-year-old kid and, uh, you know, just turned 18-year-old kid uh, during camp. And uh, But a, um, you know, just creative and smart and, you can, and, and kind of fearless, you know, which is this team loves. They love Seth Jarvis because – just because of how fearless he is, how he goes into the corners, goes to the front of the net, doesn't care how big, you know, the guy he's going against is. And I think you see a little bit of that in Unger Sorum, uh, more of a facilitator than a goal scorer from what I can tell, but um, creative and smart and, uh, and yeah, just a, a determined player. They love guys like that. I, I, I lied. I wanted one more on, on Ryan Suzuki. What's he, I know he got option, but what's he, what's he, what's he doing? Is he going there to play? How does he look? Yeah, he got hurt in camp, which has been his story throughout his, his whole professional career and really the end of his junior career when he had that eye injury. Just a, a hard luck career so far for him, and um, it, it's been tough. And so he got hurt in camp. He actually looked pretty good in camp. And, um, you know, the Hurricanes obviously have their, their AHL situation where they have to find homes for these guys. So he went to Springfield. Uh, we'll see how he does there. Uh, he's got a couple – teammates there you have Jamison Reese is there and uh uh Dylan Coglin who got sent down is is in Springfield so uh we'll see how he does but it's it's been a kind of a one step forward two steps back for his whole career and uh that's tough he's a talented kid obviously his brother's a hell of a player and he's a first round pick and you want those guys to pan out and it's just been hard luck throughout his career no thanks for this I really appreciate it anytime buddy okay there you go Great conversation. Smart guy, Corey Lavalette from The Athletic, talking Carolina Hurricanes. I was so pleased when I saw Sorum there. I thought, ah, see, math works. Every scout driving down the road, if they're listening, is going, this guy, got to get rid of him. You know, if I see him in the rink next time. You know what? Speaking of driving down the road, quick little detour here. We got a text in from Cat Dad. He said, hey, uh, looks like there's a flipped semi on Highway 60 south of the Yellowhead. Might want to mention it to avoid the area. So thank you to Cat Dad. And thank you, Low Tide, for that perfect transition. We couldn't have scripted it any better. I wanted to ask you something before we take a break because who were you talking to into the microphone when we were doing that? That was Jason. That was Jason. Jason's doing his show live tomorrow uh, on location from the ISO. So he was down there testing the material, making sure we could bring him up, and he's all good to go. And and because we heard you say that. You're good to go and a few other things. It was real good. You guys could hear that in the background? No. Oh, my goodness. I could hear it because I know you. But, you know, a normal host would not even bring it up. I was trying to speak quietly as well, but clearly I didn't do a good enough job. Eh, You know, I mean, you know, it's going to be your show soon. No, 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 it won't. Never in this market. Did you ever, did you ever, uh, you were so young, you probably don't remember this, but they used to have, uh, you could go to a really nice restaurant um, 
and you could order um, like a meal off the menu or you could go up to the salad bar. And sometimes the salad bar was actually better than the food you were going to get from the menu. And they had a, something called a spit guard. Did you ever see one of those? Now you're losing me. See, I thought this was just going to be about the salad bar. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've been to a few restaurants with a salad bar. It's great. Make your own. It's like a pick your own adventure book. It's awesome. But the spit guard, that's where you lost me. Well, I think what we, it's not a spit guard because you don't spit and I do, but I don't care. Yeah. Maybe just a sound guard. Right. Like a big wall or something. Like Plexi- a sound garden. Yeah. Soundproof yeah. plexiglass if insulated we could. wall. And maybe we could build it around you and not have air in there if I'm mad at you. And just put it like like a big cir- like like cylinder around right. me. Okay. And maybe what we could do is we could let... With Mrs. a straw for the oxygen. Sure. And we could let Mrs. Andrews control the oxygen. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I'd be dead. I'm loving this. Hockey rumors next. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Eric Clapton in there with the screaming guitar. And Dwayne Allman, too. That's a really good song. That whole album was really good. Layla and Other Assorted Love Songs, I think it was called by Derek and the Dominoes. Eric Clapton had such an interesting life. He really has. He really, really has. Some very tragic life, but interesting things going on. Time now for rumors. And I'm going to start here because I really do believe this is an interesting thing. So this isn't just me making stuff up like I do every other day. Uh, Maybe a little bit. But uh, let's call it a curio as opposed to a rumor. Curio is a word. You can look it up. So here's what I'm curious about. The Edmonton Oilers, I think, are edging towards a trade. I know Jack Campbell had a shutout last night, but... They need to do something. So they need a goalie, but they probably need some cap room. If you trade Jack Campbell in that deal, you're giving up three first-round picks or something like that. You're giving up Broberg, the first-round pick in 2024, and Borgo or something like that. It's a lot. I promise not to say something like that again. So what you might do is showcase a player making 2 to $3 million. And maybe you can offload that player in the deal for the goaltender that you want. So you're, you're sacrificing and you, but in one area, but you're going to get something else in, in the other area. The two players who are definitely, if you, were, if you were looking at this roster and saying, who's being showcased tonight? Brett Kulak is on the top pair with Darnell Nurse tonight. Now, I could make a case that they're moving CC down so that he can play with Broberg. Broberg's a young defenseman. They need him to come along, and CC could help him. And maybe Broberg is being showcased. And that makes a hell of a lot of sense. Okay? So there's two guys on the defense, Kulak and Broberg, that you can kind of riff on as possibly being placed. <laughs> I'm sorry. I tried to get placed out, and it just wouldn't go. Do you ever do that? Do you ever do that? Daily. Okay, because the word was just not coming. Uh, it, it happens. And I'm living was, proof. My brain and my tongue and the whole apparatus was going in the wrong direction. Placed in an interesting spot. Broberg on the third pairing with CC, Kulak on the top pairing with Nurse. Up front, McDavid and Dreisaitl, their winger tonight, Warren Fogel. Giddy up. Now, I have no idea what Carolina wants to do. I do know that Rod Brindamore 
liked Warren Fogel. I know that. They traded him for Ethan Bear because they need right-handed defenseman. I wonder if the Oilers were ever interested in sacrificing Fogel, if Carolina would be interested in, in reacquiring him. I don't know what Carolina needs. I thought defense, I asked our previous guest, Corey Lavalette, who every time I say his name, I want to say Peter Laviolette. Why can't people have different names or, or numbers? This is Bob Smith too. Stuff like that. Always got to make it confusing. Fogel, Kulak, Broberg. Those are the three. If you, are, if you are a conspiracy theorist and there are none of those left on planet Earth, I assure you, none, nobody is that now, we know that, then these three players would be interesting. I believe that to be the case now. I'm framing this in a really obvious way. Chances are nothing, zero, zippo happens. But if they do make a trade, remember this conversation. Because my spidey stances are just tingling like mad right now. Do you have spidey, do you get inklings? Do you yearn? (laughs) That's from a Seinfeld episode. Anaheim Ducks have placed Chase DeLeo on waivers. Declan is ignoring me. It's all good. No, you I, you just went into your laugh so quick there. I had no time to get a word in. You were playing computer games. Why do you lie? No, I was I was researching. <laughs> sure, sure. What happens to guys who spend $750 on sneakers when they're young on a one woman? Yeah, I can tell you. Chase DeLeo on waivers. Do, do you ever have an inkling? Do you have a premonition? Oh, yeah, yeah. I have great spidey senses. A sixth sense? I have great spidey senses. My intuition's off the charts. Tell me, give me an example. Well, it's just everything. Okay, well, that's... just everything. I I just, you know, I just get good feelings. Everything I believe, everything I feel comes to fruition. I manifest things. Except well, Oilers' victories. We know that. So you're the worst liar in history. You know what? People have told me that, and that is horrible. You just I said everything, everything <laughs> I imagine comes true. That's a lie. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. No, I don't know. I think I have pretty good intuition. Maybe it's I. Maybe I have better. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I need to back off this take. <laughs> I don't know. It's all good. It's all good. I don't. I don't want you to run off and think too hard because that is a tough one. I, I I am not good at premonitions or sixth sense, but I do see things that happen and they are out of character with the past and I identified them. One time Joe Morgan on television, he was talking about being able to identify stolen bases. And he told John Miller there's like 10 or 11 different ticks or t- different ch- things that pitchers do. Now, Joe Morgan was, I love Joe Morgan as a player. As a, as a broadcaster, as a commentator, he embellished. I, I'm not going to say he was a flat-out liar because we all embellish. God knows I do. Um, but Joe Morgan, you know, I think somewhere between the 30 ticks that he saw a pitcher have and one was the answer. But he said there was a bunch of them. And I and I, I can, I, there's a tell here. I don't know if anything's going to go down. But what the orders are doing tonight with this lineup is just really strange. They got Yanmark back in. Gagne is like, he, Gagne has gone from the top line to the fourth line to Gagne. 
And then the fourth line is Ernie Hamblin Brown. Brown is sinking like a stone. And I don't think that's going to happen for long. I think this is a showcase. Fogel, Kulak, Broberg. Those are the three names I will give you that are being showcased, in my opinion, tonight. I mentioned Chase DeLeo, always a favorite of mine. Kevin LeBanc out with an upper body injury. Barkov will not, Alexander Barkov will not dress tonight for the Panthers. He's getting closer. John Cooper told Florida uh, Tampa Bay Lightning writer Eduardo Encina that Vasilevsky, Andre Vasilevsky, will play on the team's upcoming road trip. That is news. Ryan McDonough and Roman Yossi are expected to return to action against the Calgary Flames tonight. There you go. Jason Greger is live on location tomorrow, and his microphone works. We found that out earlier today. Am I the only one who thinks Kulak and CC are not the issue? Nurse is the softest big D man in the league. Ekholm way behind the pace right now due to missing camp coming off injury. Broberg is an AHL D man. Bouchard, absolute joke. But yeah, let's trade Kulak and CC. What a farce of an organization from Phil. Well, you know, it's good that everybody's happy. That's what I like. When everybody is happy about life, you're going to have to give up a salary. Darnell Nurse has a no movement clause. You're looking to trade a salary. Do you place much stock in the American Thanksgiving playoff position theory fact? No, not in this case because this is so weird. I think the Oilers could miss the playoffs. I'm I'm prepared to say that could happen, and that's why I'm loath to trade the first round pick because I would I, you don't know you might be trading the number one overall, and then you'll be known as the guy who traded Guy Lafleur for Ernie Hickey, and there was a defenseman in that deal too. He had a French name. Was Ernie Hickey a first-round pick and a French defenseman name? It wasn't Jean Lemieux. What the heck was that guy's name? If you ever wonder, you know, 15 years from now, I wonder what Low Tide's doing. It's just this. Nurse, can I see Hockey DB? No! That'll be it. Francois Lacombe. Thank you. Oh, that feels better. So it was Ernie Hickey. Chris Odlifson was used, the pick was used on Chris Odlifson, Francois Lacombe for Guy Lafleur. Well, the first round, the number one overall pick, and it was Guy Lafleur. Francois Lacombe did play in the National Hockey League. Okay, I feel better about that. You don't want to be that guy. You do not want to trade a pick, and then it end up being Guy Lafleur. And I've been reading a little bit about the 2024 draft just because I have to now. Well, I mean, I have, you know, people read, you know, I work hard on my stuff. I love that you read my athletic stuff, but they've got a deal on right now. If you click on my article, you can subscribe for a dollar a month if you want to. Only if you want to, but I hope you do. It would be nice. I know Declan has. How many? You've got 11 now subscriptions of mine, I believe. Yeah, that sounds about right. No. All worth it. 
So uh, I was going to ask you, we've got two features now. Are you good with that or do you want another one? No, like, no. Hey, like you're just taking over the show. It's your show. I'm, I'm no, happy I, with No, not two. anymore. I keep losing segments. <laughs> well, you've only lost two. You still have You still have 28. That's not bad. You're working at a pretty high percentage. You're batting, you're batting past Hall of Fame numbers. So I'm happy where I'm at. Because I really like the the Mama MMA covers something I know nothing about. Yeah, it's great. I love that one. And then I your Declinations has a good name. It, great. Well, Ideally, it. what I'd love is because we've got Abba's Mama Mia for the song for the MMA yes. piece. What could we do for Declinations? That's a good question. Let me let me search something up here. Okay. Could we do Burning Down the House by Talking Heads? What about Precious Declarations by Collective Soul? Oh, what a winner. Yeah. Oh, my. That's not a bad one. Well done. Okay. Look there at you go. with the gigantic music brain. Well, coming up in two days, probably at 1240, you're going to hear it. Giddy up. Yeah. Why can't you apply yourself on other things like that? I mean, but if it's anything you are involved in, it's, oh, my God, I'm going to jump to the pump. No, it's because I'm selfish. Okay. Yeah. I understand that. That I get. The second power play unit has looked more dangerous to me. They they need a righty shot because everybody's everybody's cheating for Leon. They're not going to call up Raphael Lavoie. Evan Bouchard has a great righty shot. Maybe they can put him on the forward slot on the left side, and maybe he can hammer home a few, and then they'll back off. Firing Woodcroft was a mistake. It's abundantly clear. Ken Holland said when hired, a good GM needs to make a lot more good decisions than bad. He's not done that. Not close. From Karsten. Low Tide, here's my question. If your scenario is correct about the lineup tonight, does Fogel know he's being showcased? I, I don't think so. I know he'd be thrilled to be playing with Connor McDavid. And he can't control that. You just go out and play his best. And he's played well. And, you know, sometimes things happen and then the deal falls through as well. We got the Guy Lafleur pick, LOL, McDavid. And how are we doing? I agree we shouldn't be shopping the three guys who are trying. But surely to God, people aren't mad at McDavid. Good Lord, folks, he's hurt. And he, he had an injury, and I'm convinced he has another one that they're not talking about. And I get why they're not talking about it. I get that. But if you look at the numbers today that I, that I tweeted out in my article for The Athletic, it's not just a little bit. Do you remember they, they they play at even strength, but it's not five on five, like three on three, four on four. Last year, he had a points per 60 of 8.93 and a goal share of 61% in those situations. This year, he hasn't scored a point, and his goal share is 25%. These are, these are baffling numbers. And hopefully, the last few days are an indication of where he's headed. Now, you've heard me ramble. Bruce McCurdy from the Cult of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal is going to have a lash at all of these things we've been talking about. That's next. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's time for an update. This is a Sports 1440 update. And for your Sports 1440 update, brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Their next public-timed automotive RV auction is now open for bidding. Go to info at maauctions.com. 
14 games in the NHL tonight, including the Edmonton Oilers in Carolina. Puck drop at five for that one. And at the morning skate, it was Fogel McDavid on dry side on the top line. Kane Nugent Hyman on the second. Yanmark McLeod and Ryan on the third. And Ernie, Gagne, Hamblin, and Brown rotating on the fourth line. Defensive pairings in the morning skate. It was Nurse and Kulak as the top pairing. Ekholm and Bush on the second. And Broberg, DeHarnay, and CeCe rotating on the bottom pair. Stuart Skinner will be getting the start in net tonight. In NHL news, San Jose Sharks forward Kevin LeBlanc will not play tonight against the Kraken due to an upper body injury suffered when he was slew-footed by Canucks winger Niels Hoaglander on Monday. LeBlanc is considered day-to-day moving forward. 14 games in the NBA today, including the Raptors in Indiana against the Pacers. Tip-off for that one at 5.30. Also on the slate, Bucks in Boston also at 5.30 and the Warriors in Phoenix at 8 p.m. Two games in the AJHL, Black Falls in Bonneville and White Court in GP. Both games going at 7. You can watch both on flowhockey.tv.ca. And finally, seven games in the WHL, including the Edmonton Oil Kings at home to take on the Brandon Wheat Kings. Puck drop for that one at 7 p.m. here at Rogers Place. I'm Declan Kruger. This has been your Sports 1440 Update.